You're listening to Divorce Literacy with the Divorce Lending Association, a divorce podcast where we dig deep into issues of divorce that center around the marital home, other real property, and divorce mortgage planning, helping divorcing homeowners and their divorce team make more informed decisions regarding home equity solutions during and after divorce. All right. Um, so today I have Jamie Wright with Wright Family Law, and she is a family law attorney. And um, I just wanted to welcome you and thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. I know that I know you guys are super busy right now. I don't know what's in the air, but holy cow, family law attorneys are incredibly busy. Um, I don't I don't know if it's just if it's different this year or if it's it's something in the air or what, but it is crazy, crazy busy. So um, so I want to just start out with a, a question just about your background. Um, if you want to give us a little rundown on on your background and how you got how you got into this crazy sure. business. Sure. Thank you, Carla, so much for having me. Um, like you said, my name's Jamie Wright. I am a sole practitioner at Wright Family Law in Centennial, um, Colorado native. So uh, the importance of that is I, I grew up on the Western Slope. So I t- we take cases all over the state, primarily Denver Metro. I um, live and work in Douglas and Arapahoe County. So um, a lot of my referrals are from that area. But like I said, we practice all over. And, you know, in this day and age, every, a lot of things are handled remotely. So it's very yeah. easy to do. Um, I was licensed in 2004. I worked in the student law office doing family law and just kind of fell into it that way. Really enjoyed working with people as opposed to pushing paper all day and um, have been doing it ever since. So my practice is um, devoted 100% to family law. What does that mean? That is um, divorce. That is custody. That is child support. That is pre and post nuptial agreements. um, That is adoption. That is post-decree cases, so a lot of issues come up after uh, the divorce is done, and those are all post-decree issues or after you have a court order, and I do a little appellate work, so um, kind of run the gamut of all family law issues, and and um, we work with everybody, awesome. men, women, and so, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of times people think that um, just because we are female that we prefer to work with women. And, um, I mean, I know for me personally, that's, um, not always the case because I'm also the breadwinner in my family. And so I can relate also to, um, a lot of men that kind of feel, you know, like we're all against them. So I think that's important to note that, you know, we don't just work with women. Um, although that might be, I I feel like that's primarily what comes to me in my divorce practice, but. I see. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you saying that. And I just wanted to to put it out there because some, some firms hold themselves out as, you know, we're dad's rights or we're yeah. um, victim's rights or whatever. And, and I'm really interested in, you know, helping whoever comes through my door in a, in the best way that I can, irrespective of their situation. Right. So, um, my practice is probably a uh, 50, 50, to be honest with you. Very nice. Very nice. So you said something really quick, and I'm, I I know I have some questions lined up, and you yeah. already. I'm going to go off script a little bit, only because you mentioned something that I don't know a whole lot about, and so I'm interested. Um, so a postnup, can you tell me how does that work? When does that apply? Why? When do people put those into place? 
Um, Because probably when people need to put them into place, it's probably not the most comfortable time. So I'm just curious, like in your experience, when when does a post-snip go into place? That's a good question. And they're not as common, certainly as a a premarital or a prenuptial agreement. Um, And I see them generally in two scenarios. The first one being that they just can't get it done before they get married. Mm. Right. And they, they know they, they're both committed to signing off on this. Um, I've, you've had situations where, you know, in lieu of giving you legal advice, you really don't want to sign a prenuptial agreement very close to your wedding date. And so um, we'll get an agreement. We'll get agreements to sign off after. And so at that point, it is a postnuptial, but it's very close to the marriage date. So we still call it a postnuptial agreement, but it's, it's generally under that sort of scenario. So we just couldn't get it done. Got it. Um, the second scenario is where perhaps some uh, couple has separated and they don't want to get divorced, but they want to have some sort of contractual arrangement that may protect them going forward in the event it happens again. Um, so that could be, you know, a, a longer term marriage. And here's what we're going to do in the event of a divorce at this point. Again, it's just a contract, but it offers the same sort of protections as a premarital agreement. Okay, good to know. Good. Yeah. good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's see here. So, um, so I, I know that like each divorce is unique and everyone involved kind of goes, goes along their own um, journey through the process. If you could change anything or give any like heads up advice to somebody that's um, just getting started going down this path, what would that be? I like that question. And I like that question because it makes my job easier. Right. Um, so you can do some divorce planning and by divorce planning, I don't mean, you know, go move money around and, and hide things and, and do some shady stuff. But what, what you can do is make sure I have a lot of people come to me, men and women that have no idea what they have, right. They just because of a normal division of labor in their household, they have not been involved in paying bills or they haven't, had access to bank accounts or, you know, managing money. And so they really don't know what their marital estate looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, They may not have passcodes to accounts. They may um, just, just don't know what's there. Right. Um, So to that extent, I would say, get your hands on what you can get your hands on as far as documents, like look at your tax returns, look at your bank statements, start paying attention to that stuff. I'd even go so far as to say, you know, create some kind of itemized list of what's out there, even if you can't get um, the statements and whatnot. The other thing is what establish kind of what you want. Um, Think about, do I want to keep the house? Can I keep the house? What is my budget going to look like? If I'm, if I've been a stay at home mom for, for uh, 15 years, and I need to go back to work at some point, what am I going to do? Just kind of having like a game plan as to what this may look like when it's over, right? As opposed, and, and I certainly can offer a lot of advice on, you know, what to do in that regard, but to have an idea of that stuff coming in is super helpful. Yeah, I think, and, and that's, you know, that's a lot of what we do is we try, I think people think they don't need to come and talk to us until everything's over and done, um, which is complete opposite. We need to talk to them early on and throughout the process, right? To help them through that because they don't know. And especially in today's market with where their values have gone, where interest rates have gone, 
um, they are shocked at what their new mortgage payment might be when they have to buy out their spouse if they want to keep their house. And so, you know, like things like that, they just, they don't know until they actually see the numbers. And I think sometimes they don't want to see the numbers, right? So they avoid that. Absolutely. Um, And, and I agree with you, um, Carla, like I would get a good team of support. Like that's another component of the planning. It could be someone like you that's going to help figure out the numbers with real property or someone like uh, a divorce financial planner that's going to help them figure out a budget, someone like a, you know, an individual counselor that's going to help them manage emotionally. So just establishing um, a good support team in that regard with other experts is super helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And the documents, I mean, I know how hard it is for us to get documents out of people to buy a home. And, you know, at at least once they get under contract, then they have more motivation to get that to us. But I can imagine the struggle that you have getting documents because nobody really, I mean, I know people want to get divorced and get to that finish line with divorce, but it's like not a fun road to go down. Right. So, you know, I, I can imagine their motivation to get you the documents that you need is not, um, it's, it's just, they're not super motivated, right? It, it's not the favorite chore for sure. Yeah. And especially yeah. when you've been out of the loop to try to figure it out, it's, it's really feet dragging. So, but you got to do it. And yeah. just as you got to do it when you're trying to qualify for a loan, you have to do it when you are trying to get a divorce agreement or go to court. So yeah. Yeah. Untangling is, is not fun. No. Um, so let's see here. Uh, well, we actually kind of talked about this, but um, so I can imagine. So the benefit of someone who's going through a divorce to have a strong divorce team, um, what what do you recommend as far as what to look for when you're when selecting an attorney? So what is it? I guess what is it that what is it that makes you stand out? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So in in kind of seeking out a divorce attorney, family law attorney, I think it's important to be able to connect on a personal level. And by that, I mean, just, just meeting face to face. I think you need to establish your rapport. Um, you'll know right away, whether in my opinion, at least whether you can connect and work with this person, just to see if your personalities mesh from a little bit of conversation. Right. So I think, um, Face-to-face meeting is important. I think that you'll get a sense of whether you can trust that person. Um, and I think it, it it's at least my practice to establish some very reasonable expectations, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you meet somebody that's telling you you're going to get everything you want, I just haven't, I've never had one case like that in, in yeah. 20 years. So I, fi- I would find that hard to believe. Um so reasonable expectations um, and spending the time, you know, I know we, I bill by the, the hour, I get it. Um, our time is valuable, but I am, I spend as much time as needed in an initial consult just to answer all the questions. Cause that's super important to make sure a, a new client leaves with an understanding of what the process is going to look like. And I'm not going to cut it off because my consultation ends in an hour. So someone that takes the time with you, I think is important. So I guess with all of that said, have you ever turned down a case or do you turn down many cases? I guess yeah. I, I turn down uh, work, not often. Um, sometimes, you know, there's a conflict that doesn't happen as frequently 
or it's just, I'm very, you know, honest as to my schedule is not going to, your, your case is super complex. My schedule is not going to allow for that. So it's less been an issue of, I don't mesh with this person than, um, you know, I, I just can't devote the time that this is going to take. So. Okay. Yeah. What, so what, what is, what is something that's super, super time consuming? Oh gosh. Odds. Appeals. <laughs> Appeals. Um, just, you can see cases that come in. I just had one walk through the door. When, when you see litigation that's been going on for like nine years and it's not stopped, oh you know, there's something there that's going to be super labor intensive with, because litigation is labor intensive and it's going to, yeah. if it looks like there's going to be a lot of litigation, that's always a, it's not a red flag. I like to do it, but you know, it's going to be time consuming. So is that like after nine years, is that somebody that's already divorced and they're just, they just have ongoing stuff. And so right. why do they end up walking through your door and not like, did their attorney retire or did their attorney say, I can't do this anymore or yeah. all of the above. Right. I've seen okay. attorney kind of that they, they retire, they uh, get sick of it. I mean, one another, it's, it's just, yeah. you know, a, a variety of reasons. So yeah, okay. it's, crazy, but it happens more than you would think these long drawn out cases. Yeah. I I think I know of some of, <laughs> I'm sure yeah, I know of a couple of those. Um, so do you have, um, one or even if it's more than one really memorable case that you've worked on? Um, and if so, what, what impacted you the most out of it? So unfortunately I, I thought about this a lot. The, the memorable cases tend to be the high conflict ones that you really don't want to remember, right? Because they're so, it, it's it's a level of trauma for me that, you know, I expect comes with the job, not a huge deal, but it's, they're memorable because of that. Um, but I do have one where I, I really admire, it's been particularly women that I've represented where they have been, let's say the stay at home mom, mm-hmm. and they have just been so resourceful. And not let their situation um, creep them to be a victim, but rather pull themselves up. I have one lady that in Mesa County, she it was a stay-at-home mom. I think they had five kids. She was working at a hotel um, and she just went to school. She did everything she could to put food on the table. And now she's a fit licensed therapist. She refers me clients. Um, she's making more money than her husband was making when they got divorced. So I love to see that stuff. Yeah. Good. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Um, I think too, like along those lines, um, because you're right, it's very easy to be the victim, especially if you didn't want the divorce, right? Um, and, uh, I think that's cool that she went down that path and then became a therapist, right? The irony, right? No, it's, it's amazing. And, and, and frankly, she helps women that were in her situation and she was a victim of abuse. And, um, so she could have easily played that role and she, she didn't. And, um, I just really admire that. Yeah, that is awesome. That's super awesome. Um, I guess, uh, well, I mean, is there, is there anything else that, is there anything that I missed or anything that you want to talk about a little bit more? Yeah, no, I just, I think that, um, you know, I appreciate the conversation and the opportunity to get all of this information out there. 
Um, I think that people need to know this is a terrible situation. It's going to get worse before it gets better, but it will get better. And you will, you will come out on the other side. Um, and to the extent you can prepare yourself in the way that we talked about, as far as compiling support and planning, it's going to be better. And so if that's, if anything comes across today, that's certainly what I would like. Yeah. And I think too, um, I get a lot of people um, because I, I have the CDLP divorce lending on my signature, on my email, and I get a lot of uh, joking comments back from people when they see my email and they're like, oh, what's a divorce lender? You know, And it's not that I'm out there advocating for divorce or, you know, hey, ladies, give me a call. You know, I can help you take them to the cleaners. It's nothing about that. And it's it's just about helping them through this. Right. And how do we get them whole on the other side? Because I mean, I have seen divorces just completely wreck people. Um, and so for me, and it sounds like exactly for you, it's just how do we take this problem and solve it as best we can and put them on the right path moving forward? You know, a hundred percent. Yeah. So where where can um where can someone who might benefit from your expertise learn more about you? Um I think you do have a website out there. I do have a website. It's uh jamierightlaw.com, www.jamierightlaw.com. Okay. Yeah, there's there's enough contact information and whatnot. It's not super super detailed, but um I have a paralegal that's been with me for a very long time and all of my clients love her and awesome. she's happy to talk with anybody. So I, I what I was going to say is on the divorce, you know, putting that by your name is because I'm always hesitant when people at my kids' soccer game ask me what I do for a living. Well, I'm a right. divorce. Obviously, you're not advocating for that, but there is a need. There is always a need. Oh, and someone yeah. always wants to talk to you about it. It's like, yeah. so thank you for saying that. Yeah. Hey, with that said, um, I want to I wanna, um, put something past you because I want to see if you think I'm right on this. I think that after the first of the year is really when divorces start to pick up, not meaning that they're filed then. or So there's no data on this that I think would show that because um, that's not when, like you don't file the second you decide to get divorced, right? So, but I think, um, and I've been divorced. So coming from being in that space before, I know you're always trying to find the right time and it's never the right time. That's right. Right. And so you just keep, you just keep going until you, right. And so then I feel like, well, let's like get through the holidays. And then I think by the time holidays are over with, and then being here in Colorado and it's cold and like, kind of like, you're like, all right, that's it. I'm done. You know, I've finally, I've had it. I've had enough. Right. So I feel like January and February are huge divorce months. Am I, do you think I'm on board? That's funny. I, I always try to see like the ebbs and flows. What are the patterns in my business? Since COVID, it's like nonstop. I hate to yeah. say that, but I cannot pick up on any patterns. But generally speaking, people are uh, quieter in the summer because a lot of people, you know, do these summer vacations and try to hold it together. Then around the holidays, you're right. There, there's, there's always an emergency about parenting time, but most people are not filing during the holidays. Um, so yeah, I would agree with you right around the late winter, early spring, a lot of time people will get their tax refunds and then have the money to hire a lawyer or file for divorce or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
And then when school starts back up, ironically, um, I'll see a little bit of an influx. And I don't know if that's because, you know, kids are back to school and the schedule leans out or what. But yeah, yeah. best I can tell. And you guys are busy. Do you think you're busy, so busy from COVID because you guys are still backed up from COVID? Or do you think it's because people were all locked up together during COVID and they can't stand each other? Yeah, I think it's a latter. Unfortunately, I think COVID, I had one couple reconcile, but it's really the um, rare. I'm seeing most are not only more filings, more clients as a result of that, but people are more high conflict, just fighting more over stuff that I, or issues that I would say are not super major and shouldn't be fighting about. So it's, it's been strange. It's really been, it's been unfortunate. It's been strange. Um, and, and really everybody in my business that I know is in the same boat. We're just very, very busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. That's what I hear. So, um, all right. Do you have any final thoughts? Anything that you want to don't, I really appreciate your time. And this was fun. (laughs) Yeah, this was fun. So thank you. Thank you so much for doing this with me. And, um, of course I appreciate your time. I know you're super, super slammed and it's, it's It's been, um, it's been hard to connect with you just because I know this is not anybody's favorite thing to do. So I know this was fun and, and, um, I'm happy to happy to chat. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.